Hello Light Fam, how are you guys doing? It's your host Kelia with another solo episode, but this one is going to be a bit different because we're each going to be contributing to this sort of mini-series on our own side um, because logistical issues, we just almost, we've been trying to find time to record together, but that episode, we're going to do it very soon. No promises, but we're going to do our best and record an episode together with Nam. So today I'm here to talk to you about the grace of God and his love and that he really loves you, really, really loves you so much. So I wasn't sure how I was going to introduce this episode because even I'm not sure which angle to take it from, but all I know is today I'm going to share with you the simple like phrase or sentence, which is come as you are. I hesitated between come as you are and come naked, which... (laughs) Please, bear with me. I wanted to make it very, what's the word I'm looking for? Visual, but at the same time, very clear, like straight to the point what I was trying to say. And in this case, it was coming to God in in like the way you usually are without pretending that you're somebody else or trying to fix yourself up so that God may be able to accept you. Um <clears throat> Whether you're learning about God or you already have a, an existing relationship with Him, it's always important to understand that He wants you just the way you are, with your sins, your flaws, your addictions, your imperfections, the times you yell at people, the times you're nice to people. He wants all of you and all your facets, all your shame and all your glory at the same time, because that's that's who you are in that moment. And... You don't just randomly wake up the next day and you are free of all your sins and you no longer have any addictions. You're clean. If you, if you have, if you, if you had been taking drugs, you're suddenly, you know, focused and you have no temptation at all. It doesn't. There's no magic wand like that, and that's basically what I wanted to talk about. How we are people. We are human, and he's aware of our humanness, and he is graceful in that. And he has unconditional love in that because at the end of the day, your creator is the only one who's able to, sorry, is the only one who's able to, what's the word I'm looking for? To change you or to remold you into who he wants you to be. Um, Let me take a random example. If you're someone, I'm not saying it's you. I'm just, it's an example. Okay. If it's someone who has had a history with drug addiction and they can they they just they take drugs it makes them feel great or this just been a coping mechanism for them in their lifestyle and for them to come to god the church or mostly religious people might tell them that oh you have to come clean first you have to like go to rehab do all these many many things and then you can be accepted into church that's not what jesus showed us through his entire journey he would come as a sinner come as a prostitute come as a murderer um come as a tax collector because at that time if you were a tax collector hey life was rough on you i mean technically not really but you were the bad person basically you were compared to like any other criminal for the people at least for the jews and the people of israel okay my point is (laughs) My point is that Jesus never pushed anyone back and said, Oh, hi, dear prostitute. First, go stop prostituting. Then you can come talk to me and I can help you. But rather, Jesus welcomed them with open arms. And he was like, Hey, 
I love you just the way you are. Follow me and I can change your life. Or he would say things like, um, um, I'm not sure where the scripture is, but if I find it, I'll make sure that it's in the description so you, can, you guys can like go back and read it and understand it better. And so it was this process, this woman who was found um, committing adultery with, I think, a married man or something. I don't remember the exact details. And then everybody in town or in the neighborhood, I guess, is ready to come and stone that woman. So they call Jesus. They're like, Jesus, um, what do you think we should do to her? Because the law of Moses tells us that if someone commits adultery or prostitution, I'm not sure which one it is, you should stone them. And then Jesus paused. <clears throat> this is what I imagine he did. He pauses. He looks at all of them as they were like surrounding this woman. He says, <clears throat> If uh, there's any of you who has never sinned, please throw the first stone. She is right here. And uh, according to the word, it says, um, uh, starting from the oldest, they kept each one of them left the scene and they left and they left. And Jesus was left alone with the prostitute or the woman who had committed adultery. Again, I'm not clear on the details, but I will make sure you get clarity. <clears throat> So what Jesus does is he stoops down. I think he was drawing things on the table, on the on the floor, no, on the in the sand, I believe, or dust. I'm not sure what type of ground they had at that time, but that's what it says. Some people say that Jesus was writing down like all the commandments, the Ten Commandments, as these people were surrounding her, and they kept leaving because I think that's what was happening. Some people say that I'm not sure what exactly was happening, but basically, once all this happens. Um, Jesus says to her, wait, there's no one left here. How come? And then the woman, I guess she's left there shocked, wondering, oh my God, they didn't stone me? I'm alive? Because I probably would be having that reaction because I'd be prepared to die in shame, stoned. Um, but you're alive next to this man named Jesus, who's just, I think, who was a very cool person. And he tells her, go and sin no more. And I think, I'm not sure, because they, they never give us the backstory of all these people who who met Jesus and whose lives were transformed by him. But I would love to hear that side of the story of how, oh, maybe when she left the place, she went out in town telling them, I met this man and they were about to stone me, but he saved my life by showing them, by showing the people who are about to stone me that they too had committed sin. And at that time, Jesus had the main quarrel that was between um the pharisees and jesus was that jesus would just come up to him and be like i have forgiven you of your sin please continue going like the time he healed the paralyzed man who they had sent down from the roof and um he said something along the lines of would it be more surprising or more surprising if i'm i am this is not word for word what's in the Bible. This is my my memory and my interpretation of what was happening. Um, and he said, would it be more surprising if I, he if I forgive him of his sins or if I had him walk? Because the man was paralyzed. And then Jesus tells him to, he says, um, I have forgiven your sins. Pick up your mat and go. And again, at this moment, because th this is the concept that was there at the time. If you have any handicap, you have any like issue or um, disease like leprosy at the time, it's because either you had sinned greatly or your parents had committed like the greatest sin ever. And that's how you have 
like that impediment or something like that um and therefore god had punished you for that so you could never be forgiven or that was your condemnation for the, the sin you had committed but then at this point in time jesus was rewriting this narrative of cancel culture at the time because that's what it was they would just like throw you and ban you and you would live in the middle of nowhere by yourself um for example for the people who had leprosy they had to come screaming from from like wherever it is they were if they were going to the market they had to come screaming i have leprosy uh, i don't know i don't know the exact words but they said something along like that oh no, no he said i am i think it's um i am an unclean person the unclean man is coming something along those lines i'm, I'm not sure bear with me thank you and you would have to come like like notifying everyone of your situation let's say you have leprosy in this case and you'd go to the market and everyone would just step away from you because they think you were like contagious so imagine this in this day and age if you had to walk into places or rooms with people because of cancel culture you have to come like telling the world i'm using quotations here what you have been canceled for um let's say oh i've been canceled for tweeting this or that and you have to come screaming it all the way just and i feel like that increased the burden that these people had the shame and the frustration and the worry that they were experiencing at the time but every time these people would come to jesus jesus would literally with open arms welcome them for example another example from i think mark this time around not sure which chapter I think I need to get better at like getting the chapters in check, but I will make sure they are all linked again. The the man with leprosy comes to Jesus and says, "If you are willing, you can make me clean." Jesus, again, shocks us by not only saying, "I have cleaned you; you are good." Jesus just takes this man and touches him. And at the time, if you touch someone with leprosy, hey, it's as if you go in the middle of the corona pandemic, this COVID-19, you go and you just decide to hug someone while they are in the hospital with the whole tubing system having COVID and you just go and hug them with no mask, no nothing, no coverage. And they are there in the bed and you just decide, I am going to hug this person. I mean, this is a very different comparison because at the time I think leprosy was a different type of thing. But the point I'm trying to make is Jesus never pushed anyone away because of their flaws, because of their um, incapacity, because of their impediment, because of their diseases, because of their addictions, because they were possessed. He never did that. So it has always been hard to... For me, when I hear someone say, oh, I'll go to church when I fix myself. And I'm like, you can't do that. You really cannot fix yourself. I, for one, cannot fix myself. For example, just, I'm not even going to have to go into the depths of, oh, I have a serious addiction. Um, let's say, okay, previously in the past, because by the grace of God, we are better at this by now. I just didn't want to work out. I thought working out was just painful. It was horrible. It was, I just, I don't, I didn't like it. Just in short. And I remember, um, I think it was in 2020 where I prayed. I was like, God, I need to work out because my health is just 
on the line here and i would like to to become like healthier not necessarily to lose weight or whatsoever but if it comes along great but i just want to be able to feel better and have a, a better lifestyle so i prayed about it and i started working out I didn't expect to have like such a great experience once I was working out. But at the end of the day, like I wish I usually wouldn't have gotten up and went to work out. But somehow I would just do it every day. Like I mean every day. Unless on the workout program I was following it said there's a rest day that even in even some rest days I wouldn't take them. I would just continuously work out Monday through Sunday. Because again, we were in a pandemic. And on the contrary, instead of like like resting and watching movies and doing all the other things that were available to me at the time, I was still somehow being consistent and working out. Because my perspective and my understanding of um, fitness and workouts was no longer the same. It wasn't this painful thing that I had to dread to do. And I strongly, strongly believe that it's not it's not it's not this type of thing where you're like oh a motivational speaker spoke to me into getting to work out impossible because no i because i'm the type of person if i if i don't believe you i don't believe you like you will not come convince me in any type of way shape or form i will hold my opinion <laughs> it's very hard i'm stubborn like that but for some reason i was just consistently working out and <clears throat> i looking back i now realize that it was thanks to God. He had been able to change my mind and my perspective about working out because I had invited him into that situation. So all this to say, if you have any addiction, any flaw, any insecurity, unless you come to God exactly like that, the way you think you are, or the way you actually are, then he's able to make you better, make you um feel good about yourself like lose the insecurities you had or like no longer be addicted to to whatever addiction it is you had if it's social media if it's drugs if it's porn if it's alcohol whatever it is he has the ability to change who you are but only if you come as you are because if you come pretending that all is good and you have it under control he won't really force you to change or he won't touch that area because you haven't given him that area but if you come and say I'm, i am struggling with a b c d x y z and i can't do this on my own i assure you i'm speaking from proper experience that he's going to come in and change whatever that situation is and i'm trying to not make this episode super super long but i think that i'm gonna come back and speak even more on this and also Elnam will be coming and adding her thoughts and her experience with come as you are because I think that it's so important that we understand that God is not someone that's gonna throw stones at you he's gonna be there in the pit like Jesus knelt down to find the prostitute that they were about to stone he knelt down with her as she was on the floor ready to be stoned this is the imagination i have in my head because if people are running after you at some point i believe she fell like on the ground i don't think she was standing looking at all these men who are about to stone her and jesus stooped down with her in that moment and defended her without having to do anything crazy he didn't raise his voice he didn't have to scream or shout but 
all I'm trying to say is he will not stone you, he will not throw you away, he will not judge you because he has he he is love himself. He knows your weakness, he knows exactly what you need to become better and to do what he created you to do. So my encouragement as you're listening to this is to start being more vulnerable and open and open to to showing God who you really are. Exposing the different fears, the different anxieties, the different insecurities, the flaws that you think you have, the things that people have told you or have have, have told you about yourself that you didn't like so you ended up thinking that they were true. Just all these different things that we build up and that stop us from having a true relationship with God. Come as you are and he will give you the peace that you're looking for, the confidence that you're looking for, and he will free you from your addictions, and he will give you more hope and more joy and more peace, and you will become, I like, as time goes by and you're experiencing and you're living with him, you will find yourself a completely different human being. And I am excited to share more on this mini-series And I hope you enjoyed this episode. May God continue to protect you and bless you and provide for you. I will see you. Not really see you. I will speak to you (laughs) in the next episode. Love you guys. Bye.